To the trickway. Who's this guy? Gray, he's back. He's back. I am he, back. He he uh, had some personal stuff he had to attend to, but he's back. Uh, at least this weekend, Lee. we're glad to have him back. Yes, we we are on the second episode of uh, Star Trek Picard Season 3, Episode 2, called Disengage. Um, it, review style is normal. We're going to try and make it maybe slightly shorter because... Otherwise, I'd have four pages of notes, and I may as well, as I was joking to Gray before, rewrite the script again, which I don't want to do. Um, we just, it'll be the same kind of idea. You'll, you'll get their talking heads kind of set up. So, um, right, Gray, we'll, we'll kick off, mate. As usual, just jump mm-hmm. in whenever you want. And if I see any of your notes as well, I'll bring them up. Um, I, again, enjoyed this episode. Um, a nice, solid continuation of the story arc. Uh, I noticed something at the very start. I wanted Gray's opinion on this. I have noticed it for a bit, but just because I'm enjoying Picard Season 3 so much, it gives it a bit more oomph. And that's the kind of generic opening section of every modern Trek show, where it's the Starfleet insignia, and it's whatever ship Mm -hmm. it is from the series, in this case the Titan, doing its little warp thing to make the insignia. And then... Uh, it's the classic Star Trek little music. Every single time I've heard that, especially for Picard Gray, every mm-hmm. single time that the kind of hair stand up in the back of my head. Thoughts? <laughs> Are you a fan? Oh yeah, no. I mean, any time you use the the real music and not some of the garbage they wrote, you know, in between, I, I like it. I mean, exactly. the, sometimes you don't people don't realize how important the music can be. They just kind of take it for granted. But if you were to take the music away. Or if you were to write crappy music, you'd all of a sudden go like, something's wrong, I can't put my finger on it. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and also as well, would you agree that, for me, out of a score out of 10, we'll, we'll say at the end what our scores are, the, the music, if it's done really, really well, can actually give it as much as a, as much as a couple of points, uh, yeah. a bump up yeah. or bump down, if it's done well. So, and it is in this case. Mm-hmm brought it up to a really high score for Grey and I, so not good. Keep doing that bit because I enjoy the hair stand in the back of my neck. Um, okay, they right. Keep doing the, uh, they keep doing the homages, or as they call it, the callbacks. I prefer you know, callbacks so and homages, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And listen, Terry Metalis did say he's going to, the music throughout this is fan-bloody-tastic. Uh, mm-hmm. Terry did say he's going to do his best to uh, honour is it Goldsmith? Name again. I'm bad. Terry at Goldsmith, right? Uh, Goldsmith. Mm-hmm. Yes, he's going to do his best to honour him because he's not with us anymore, and we will do our best to make this music as close as what Goldsmith would have done. And he's true to that. That it, the music is absolutely fantastic. So we actually start. Uh, literally, we take off from. Actually, no, we 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 uh, go slightly back. We've got the uh, Elios. I've spelled incorrectly. I now know the name. Uh, it was. It comes out of warp with. I don't know the name of that song. I never bothered trying to Google a song because the name of the song's irrelevant. It sounded really. Do you know what song that was, Gray? Uh, no, I know what you're talking about, but I don't recall right off the top of my head. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not important the title, but the fact was the yeah. effect of Terry's got the ships coming out of warp, and I love his sound effects. It's totally not practical, but. He makes it sound like there's a big bang as soon as the ship comes out of warp, which, hey, I don't know warp mechanics. Maybe that's accurate. Maybe it's not. But it sounds bloody great. I love the warp noise. I love how the ship comes out of warp. And the music, this kind of rock kind of tune is playing. And it's just fantastic. Um, And it's maybe a bit, I think it was two weeks before. It was two weeks before. Yeah, the episode episode opened up, I said, two weeks earlier or whatever. That's it. Two weeks ago. Yeah. And our man, it's Jack- good because we didn't really know what had happened when we watched the first episode. We didn't really know what happened. Like, how did they get here? You do need a bit so backstory. Fill it in, yeah, yeah. Um, as long as it's not too much backstory, is we're we're finding out in the last race, right. which is right. upsetting Gray and a couple others in the chat. But anyway, um, <laughs> Jack Crusher's up to no good. 
he's essentially uh, bribing people he comes across. Now, my theory here is it generally is a medical ship crew, but uh, Beverly and her son are doing kind of fringe-type dealings and medical work on the outskirts of Federation space for people that can't manage it. And they are trying to cure these illnesses that Jack's talking about. Uh, but to get what they need and to get where they need to go to, they are uh, bribing everyone they come across, basically. And they come across the Fenris Rangers, right? Our old pals, the Fenris Rangers. Uh, they come on board, they start doing their uh, you know, investigation, they're looking through everything, lifting up all the units and all that, seeing the medical supplies. And then the, the, the Kiwi guy, so there's New Zealanders in space now, which is great. Of course. Love the Kiwis. I mean, um, it would have just been better if it was an Aussie with a really thick Aussie accent. Good day, mate. What are you up to? Um, they'd be going like, what is he saying? Say that again, I can't understand. Well, they would say that about me with my accent, mate. So there you go. Um, so yeah, the, the, he gets to one crate and he lifts open a bottle of uh, a Romulan ale and he's this medical and he's like, yeah, sure. And you know, medicinal purposes and it's great for yeah. cleaning wounds and all that and i should have said and i need a stiff drink afterwards as well and the 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 rain the ranger went not truly trying to bribe me with that and he's like no i wouldn't try and bribe you with medical equipment and he lifts up the next container and goes i'd bribe you with this and it's guns <laughs> <laughs> which the, I found the guy's very happy to see it like oh yeah he's like eh. He's like, yeah, we'll, we'll negotiate, you know, 25, no, 30%, yeah, 30%, and brilliant. So they take the, the crates off the ship, but then the Kiwi guy tells, literally, you hear him in the comms, tell the Mart lady, she's the Mart lady now, who's basically Vadic, Minor Plumber's character, that we found yeah. him. And I was like, you grass bag. I know, as soon as I heard that, I was like, oh, man. Man, come on! That's it. I prefer the Aussies now over the Kiwis. That's it. I'm sorry. Um, well, these kind of these kind of folks, we know, would stab each other in the back if they're yeah. paid enough. That's so, true. They're a bit like the Maquis, yeah. aren't they? Maybe yeah, slightly I better, guess. but they're like that. Um, they do the right th- or they do the wrong hey, thing. For look, it's pirates, right? They're space pirates, just like the old pirates, pirates in real life, right? Yeah, that's, yeah. that's what yeah. they do. Yeah, you're spot on, mate. That's, that's pretty accurate. Um, so. Uh, Gray's going to chip in with this, but I know for sure because, again, we were touching on the music before. The score is... Oh, wow, Terry. Perfect. Um, the opening... Sorry, the, 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 the section we catch up to present time two weeks on uh, and ended the end of the last episode and the start of this episode, the same scene of the strike coming on to or approaching uh, the Elios. And that music... that It's like a deep kind of trumpet-type orchestra noise isn't it great but see every time mm. i heard it again the hairs in the back of the neck for different reasons i was like oh shit you know it's like that's doing its job terry's doing his job right. visually and audibly with this opposing figure of a ship you know so um i think you said before Gray, you absolutely loved the the music you you like the little yep. musical notes what do you make of that ship though because i think it's too much like that one from Star Trek Nemesis, which, but yeah, which it, I mean, the design is kind of cool. It depends on what you know. I mean, obvi- obviously, they're always looking for some kind of new ship design. I, I gotta hand it to the people when you have to come up with a ship, you really gotta think about it because if you come up with a ship that just doesn't look right, it just destroys the mood. Yeah, know, and stuff. So it's it's kind of difficult. So yeah. would I have done something different other than the the way that the Shrike looked? Yeah, probably, but it's not terrible. It's just that. It's kind of been done before. You were hoping the scimitar. That yeah. Was it. yeah, yeah, um, scimitar. I and those ships, those designs of those ships with the arms that stick out like that. Those are actually throwbacks. I mentioned birds. before. Babylon Five, no, because Babylon oh, okay. Five came out with these ships years ago before the before anybody was doing this. Oh no, true. Uh, but I, think... act... I mean, there. I was just saying, back in the nineties, they these ships are like they were strange looking back then. Now it's kind of like everybody's making one. You know, but when they were designing those ships, they talked about basing them and on actual birds. Um, yeah, the, makes the sense. design in Star Trek. I mean, um, yeah, and, and, but that's a Romulan thing. So, like, she's sure. not Romulan; sure. she's very much human. But it's about, and she does describe later on that I don't note down that she's talking to Sean, basically teasing him, like this ship mm-hmm. is based on a particular type of bird that literally 
you know, preys on its right. prey and jabs and bites and takes little bits. And this ship's like that because you'll see it later on on the Alias and the Titan. It circles. It literally circles. I've never seen a ship do that before in Star Trek. I don't go. Just the way it kind of hovers around rather than sit there, it just goes round like that. And I'm like, hey, this ship's doing the job for me. So, yeah. Anyway, we digress. Surprise, surprise. Uh, Gray's still a fan of the music. I'm still a fan of the music. Now, Seven of Nine's very loyal here. She wants to save the boys, Card and Riker, but Shaw is having none of it. Now, I'll grow to like Shaw more, a little bit more by the end of episode, Gray, because, listen, he is a dick, right? There's no denying that. However... He is doing it because he has 500 souls on board. And he does talk about 500 souls over two souls, you know. And, and it's a very right. good point, mate. While they're legends, he can't, he's got to be that guy, I think. And he plays that role really well. What's your thoughts? Yeah, it's really a difficult thing for him or for any captain. You got to play the line. What do you do? You, you, take, you, you go one way, you're an idiot. You go another way, you're an idiot. Either way, you still come out to be an idiot, but not really. Because you have to take all things into consideration. So yeah. it's a tough decision whether the guy's a dick or not. We, we, get, we grow to understand him better in this episode, which I think is a, is a, is, is a great thing to the writing. Whereas yeah. he started off us wanting to throw him out an airlock. Now we're kind of like, okay, okay, I get it. Yeah. yeah, yeah stuff, which is good. That's a good thing. Character development, very important. And it, and it will ease off even a little bit more by the end of the episode as well. Um, mm-hmm. We do have a funny moment in to- uh, on board the Helios where um, Jack Crusher calls Picard captain, and you just hear Picard. <laughs> you just hear Picard in that typical British kind of way going, "Oi, oh, hey, what?" You know, yeah. and he's like, "Hey, Admiral, sorry." He's like, "Listen, we don't have time for a history lesson. Right, history, right. <laughs> history remembers you as having one less pip." I love that line because it's true. Yeah. That's his most famous, yeah. being a captain with one less pip. So, um, big fan of that. Uh, Jack, I wasn't a fan of the, the first episode. Barely saw him. He was a bit, a bit of a pain mm. in the arse. But I'm liking him a bit more now. Um, <laughs> Riker looking at the two of them, eyeballing both of them, going, something familiar about you. Something, yeah, going on here. <laughs> <laughs> kind of look like him and you sound like him. Or English accent, I guess, anyway. Um but as he's eyeballing them up, strike starts opening fire. And I was like, Jesus, that's quick. But it took me a second to get this I was, until I saw the scene after. It's only, it fires three torpedoes just to smash up the shuttlecraft so they can't escape. Um, right. And the shuttlecraft's called the Sabuk. Nice little nod back to uh, original yeah. movies. Um, yep. so and we'll, back to the newly discovered fact that Sabuk was the captain of the original Titan. Yes, we have found that recently. Oh. Yes, so yeah. keeping it, giving Star Trek fans little crumbs and bits, you know. So yep. I have to apologize about the next bit, Gray. We have to talk about it. it's part of the episode. You love her to mm-hmm. bits, Rafi Musica. Um, she, <laughs> she is, uh, she's back on the planet. Um, she's basically, you know, been told not to find out. Well, she's not actually, she's on her uh, La Serena. He's been told uh, not to try and find out who bombed recruitment, the Starfleet Recruitment Center. Uh, she basically just tells her handler on the screen, like, basically, screw you. Um, I knew... Okay, no, I'm, I'm not going to say this bit because I'd spoil it until I get to the relevant yeah, bit. No spoilers. Uh, no spoilers. Um, but this obviously does spoil it as we go through. Uh, she goes, screw you, I'm going to find out. And I was like, okay, I've got a tiny bit more respect for you, Rafi. You're doing your thing. Yeah. That's 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 good. You do make a decent intelligence officer, so maybe just don't be on a starship. Um, I'm happy with that. Uh, <laughs> I noticed this bit in my in our, in our notes, like we don't really like Rafi very much. So this bit in the notes is was two lines because it, it's an important point. But we we move on. Um, yep. Seven tells uh, short. Now this is a brilliant line, short and to the point. Gray and I both love this. She mm. literally comes in and speaks to uh, Shaw, and she says. Listen, Captain, you can be the hero that saved heroes or the captain that let two legends die. Mic drop, walked out. Shaw's like, oh, shit. 
you enjoyed that about line? that one yeah oh, yeah it's definitely good there's a there's a few good lines which shows the writing is way above where it was before which yeah. wasn't hard to beat because it was in the trash but the point is the writing's good <laughs> the writing's good exactly and those little things really make it we, we you and i discussed this before on some other episodes that we reviewed it only takes a couple of words sometimes to make the big difference and these lines are perfect and make the whole scene work yeah very yeah, important yeah. Spot on. It literally comes down to a few words like Grace said. That can make the difference for uh, taking a score of an episode up and down by a point or two. It really can. Mm-hmm. Just talk nonsense or talk sense. That's what we want. Um, right. Again, I note I noted here just because we love the score so much. And the, the, when I say the score, it's not just the music. It's the little sound effects and stuff as well. Right. It, that's what the right. score is. Everything all together. When the strike appears again, um, uh, is absolutely uh, brilliant because it pops up a couple of times with that trumpet type noise. Picard's going round trying to, he's doing something, you don't know what he's doing initially on the Helios. And Crusher's basically, what are you doing, man? Like, let's, you know, Picard's just talking about preventative measures because he can't really do much with the tools that he's got. And what he's actually doing, he puts out, I think he turns on like three out of four uh, transport inhibitors. And when Jack's asking, what, what are you doing? He turns on the fourth one as he's trying to get beamed up, assumed to the strike. And he's like, that's what I'm doing. That's why I've got the extra pit, pal, okay? Yeah, that's right. I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Young paddle man, you know what I mean? So, um, Smart from Picard. Um, I'm loving the fact that he's um, he's actually thinking on his feet now and not being the gormless old man that he was in the first two seasons. And we will end on a nice little point about Picard, actually. I think it's really, really important. Now, mm-hmm. Great, this is the juicy part here. Um, now, you, you've you marked down here, is it actually the ship called the Helios 12? Yeah, technically. What happened to the other 11? Are they all just shitting space dust now, yeah? Beverly got them all blown up. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, they, they, those two, the two crushers went through 11 ships before, probably. Um, no, it is, its full name's the Helios 12, but the Helios is in the midst of being tractored to the Shrike. I'd imagine that'll gobble that ship up, no problem. Um, yeah. But this is the and another brilliant bit. This is why the score is high for us both today. The Titan literally as 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 the Elos is about to be ripped apart, which is dumb from Baddock. She's trying to tractor this ship up to her docking bay, I'd imagine, her cargo bay, and it's starting to rip apart. You think, you stupid woman, you want Drac Crusher alive, presumably. Why would you do that? But anyway, it's kind of breaking apart, losing power. Beverly's pod loses power for a moment until Jack just smashes it and power comes back on again. Um, and just as it starts to fall apart, Tight comes in. And I've never seen this before. It doesn't start opening fire because that would be a offensive move and it would get ripped up. But it just literally goes right in front of the, tra- the, the tractor beam and cuts it off with a nice little kind of musical score. Um... And I thought, brilliant save, brilliant move. Gray notes here that he loved this scene. He rewinded it a few times. Gray, so did I. Yeah. So did I. Had I, to watch I, a mate. Couple. <laughs> I was like, yes, yes, come on, Titan. You know, uh, the other thing that was cool too, if you look at the physics of it, you, mm-hmm. the the strike is pulling it in, so it's obviously taking using its mass. Oh, when it to goes go back to it, it goes back exactly. Yeah. So when he blocks the track. I mean, it's like snapping a rubber band. All of a sudden, the strike goes... Reverse polarity. It just goes bouncing yeah, back. Because yeah, because it's just going like, whoa, you know. That was pretty cool. That was smart, mate. Yeah, I enjoyed that. It shows they're thinking, you know. They're thinking, which is good. Give yeah, us common sense stuff. where We know you're not scientists that write it, but you, you... Yeah, I mean, you don't have to get every little thing right. But, I mean, come on. But, use your look, head a little bit. Stargate writers had scientists on board for a consultation, by the way. So Star Trek, you should do more of that as well. Um, Actually, in the in the past, though, they they did they always used to have some scientists involved in Star Trek. You in the past, hear about it, right? They should that's have had it done more more often in the newer <laughs> stuff. But that's another story. Exactly, mate. Exactly. Um, oh, probably no scientists wanted to work for like Discovery or something. They're all going, uh, no, you can't do that. Grange <laughs> watched season three and four of Discovery finally, and he said they are better than season one and two. And I went, yeah, yeah, yes, I told you, Gray. Trust me more. Yeah, so, but I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna go nuts and say it's the greatest Star Trek series. No, the first years were terrible, but it's not but enough. Three and, right? If they had thought about it and started three and four 
already in the 32nd century, the way they did it, it would have probably went over well or better, I should say. Yeah. But that's yeah. another story. Yeah, yeah. Uh, moving on, we have Rafi. I'm assuming they're still on Metallus Prime because it looks like so, it. Yeah. yeah, and I still love the name yeah. of that planet, Terry. You, as I said the first episode, Gray, Terry deserves to name a planet after himself for saving the card, Star Trek Picard. So you can have it, mate. We're not worthy. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll let that one go. We'll let that no one problem. slide. Um, big head and whatnot. Uh, so we're still in Metallus Prime, presumably. Rafi meets her ex, uh, and they're talking about her kids and the fact she doesn't speak to her kid anymore. And Rafi's trying to get information out of him because he knows a few things. And her ex is literally going, listen, I'll do, I'll either convey your message to your kid, maybe arrange a meet and greet, or I'll get right. your information you need for Starfleet, one of the two. What is it? I'm not doing both. And she kind of looks down. Oh, he goes, right, but that is it. He gets the information she needs. I mean, it is the right thing to do, but obviously this is yeah, character, but it was... it's character development great. It you know, makes me yeah. empathetic for her, you know? So, um... it's, 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 just, it's a shame that she was put in that position because her ex is a dick too, so. He is, but Isn't after it? all this shit, she but I get to it. the family. I mean, I understand. Yeah, yeah, I think she could have deserved it. Gray notes here that it's better from Rafi so far in this scene, this, this season, and it is. But we're still not a massive fan of Rafi and Jen. We're not. She's the weaker link of this whole episode. But maybe she'll yeah, be. And key. you know what? I I I think I've noticed. Sorry, I, what I've noticed mm -hmm. more in this season as opposed to the last season. Last season, I was blaming the writing because it was so bad, and I figure, you know, I'm not going to blame any of the actors or actresses because the writing was awful. Yeah. But the writing is better in this episode. But she, I'm not saying she's a terrible actress, but she's not. She's not that great. She's she's weak in the acting department. I I, I don't get sold on. A Have lot you seen her in anything before. else, Gray? I've not, I don't, I'm not yeah. seeing her anything else. I don't think so. I can't comment. But I, again, I'm I might maybe I'm nitpicking a little bit. But when everybody else you is nitpick, acting, I'm, no, I'm <laughs> I'm sold on on everybody else's parts, right? Yeah, I, I'm sold on their parts. But whenever she's acting, I'm not. She ain't selling it. Not, not the way the others are. I, I think it's her type of role. She's probably into a lot more serious stuff than doing sci-fi, you know, Starfleet type stuff. I, that's my theory. No, but she, you're right. She is the weaker part, despite being better in this season so far. Um, yeah, so I mentioned here really briefly, because I mentioned it before again, man, the Shrike loves to circle ships like a bird of prey. <laughs> Literally is doing this whole thing. It circles the ship. I'm loving it. Um, back on the Titan... Uh, I'm sure Gray will appreciate this as well. On Back on the Titan, I think it's... Is it a comms officer? It's certainly not Sidney LaForge. It's yeah, one of the other know. officers says, Captain, all three of them turn around and go, what? Captain Shaw, <laughs> Captain Picard, Ad uh, Captain Picard, Cap Admiral, Admiral Picard, yeah. and uh, Captain Riker. Used to be Captain, Captain yes, Riker. Yes, it's yeah. all confused. So all three of them, what? I found that uh, pretty amusing. Um, they, they get a... They get a intro finally to proper intro from Vadik, played by Amanda Plummer. And Gray and I, especially Gray, weren't sure about her at the start, but before the season came out, because Terry came out and said that she'll be up there with one of the best bad guys of all time. And I think both of us, especially Gray, were like, yeah, right, okay, very good. But I'm telling you, Grace, I think her, she is, I think he's accurate. He's, everything he's saying for the most part is, is true. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to save judgment. I'm not saying she's, She's a bad actress. Oh, too too not. little. Yeah. Right. But I'm, but I'm, I mean, she's Christopher Plummer's daughter, so I got to hand it to her. But, you know, when I see her, I'm not, again, not saying she's bad. I'm going to wait until the season plays out. But Christopher Plummer was top notch in that. I mean, he was so good in Star Trek Six. you know, I mean, and he's, oh, and he he's was. good anyway. Yeah. Yeah. That famous line. So, so I really and I and there's been other really great villains in the Star Trek series. So I'm not ready to say she's the best. I no, mm. I'm saying uh, okay. I'll reword that. She's got the potential to be true to Terry's uh, uh, vision yeah. of being up there, uh, and I think that's pretty accurate. She introduced introduced introduces herself. Easy for me to say. I thought she killed it in this opening um, mm. uh, introduction, and and she mentions a little thing I noted. Because Picard kind of pops round after speaking. She, she interrogates Charlotte, but she knows everything. She's not dumb. 
He's yeah, done the research yeah. on Shaw. She's talking about that an incident or something that happened in his past, which I'm He's sure we'll find out He's got a psychological profile thing, and I'm like, what? She'll get under the skin, and she, it doesn't, it's not yeah. all about weapons, you know? So, uh, and then Bacar kind of pops out, goes, you know, what the hell's going on here type thing. And she goes, ah, Jean-Luc Bacar. And, and she pronounces it, I mean, I butchered it. She yeah. pronounces it the way a French men or women would pronounce it because it's a French name. Yeah. Everyone goes Picard. It's probably not. It's Picard. He barely pronounced the D. Picard. <laughs> he basically pronounced the D. That's the way the French do it. Yeah. And I love that. Um, she's essentially wanting Jack Crusher because as we find out, he's a criminal, more or less. Uh, and yes, Grey does not hear there is more to Jack and it seems he's doing the wrong thing for the right reasons with his wheeling and dealings. But very... Many aliases, many different names, um, and we know that he's up to no good. So that's it. He's a criminal. He should be handed over. That's it. Um, now, the next part I found fascinating. This is flexing. This is Amanda Plummer. Just look at the size of the guns <laughs> I've got. She literally lowers her shields so the Titan can scan the ship, right? Uh, Shaw cuts off uh, his officer as his officers at announcing all the weapons in the ship. I mean, honestly, she he keeps on going and going and going and going. And yeah. Gray notes eight hundred and something torpedoes, thirty of this kind, ten of that like, kind. Da, 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 da. Yeah, like well, she, she's packing basically, uh, as as Riker said earlier in the episode. You put here, Gray. Shrike is loaded for bear. What what does that mean? I, I have no a sense. feeling you're going to bring that up. There's an expression in the U.S. that you're loaded for bear, meaning if you're going after a or bear. Or a bear. Ah, right. Right. A bear is huge, and you better have something, you know, that's going to take them down. Or you're gonna pepper spray. Pepper spray. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> Say, do, that to a, do that to a grizzly bear that's about, you know, 20 feet tall on his hind legs. I don't think that's going to work. But... Uh, give me a shotgun then. Okay. Um, yeah. So I'll just laugh at that. <laughs> it's, excuse my French here once we were coming up as we would say in the UK special in Scotland it's geared to the tits meaning it is absolutely packing it is stacked this thing has got umpteen weapons and the thing is the Titan is an exploratory vessel it's a science vessel it's not heavily yeah. armoured which it's a peanut I, which I respect <laughs> because great most season, series we watch of Star Trek not all of them but most of them the main ship is it's not heavily equipped, but it's 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 bleeding edge because of uh, right. what it's doing. You know, even Voyager wasn't as heavily armed as the others, but it was fast. It was nimble. Uh, it was far better science ship, in my opinion, than right. the Titan. But this is not packing. So Shaw's having to play smart here. So this is another reason why I don't blame him right. for going in. Pew pew pew, bang bang. Right. Um, and if it well, by the way, at one point, Graham will have to nip away for a quick moment, so I'll probably just quickly pause it. But, um, Gray, if I totally forget, you just remind me because I'm sometimes got off in an angle. We're good. Um, good yeah, so, uh, I love dude. You're probably, I've seen this episode twice, I'm going to keep doing this, I think, watching stuff twice. Uh, did you yeah, notice how stuff you didn't see, you know. exactly? I watch it once to enjoy it, and then the second time I watch it and take notes. Do you did you know Svadik was smoking a cigarette the whole time? Yeah, <laughs> that's a complete throwback because that's a throwback all the way to the forties when you used to have all the old uh, pictures with all the old gangster guys or smooth. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. She was brilliant. Yeah, so that uh, was kind of a cigarette still exist in the twenty fifth century. Yeah, yeah. If you want them, um, he uh, wants to show them a token of our sincerity. How serious she is about smashing them up if they try and run. She gives them an hour to hand over Jack Crusher, basically. Which, an right. hour? I know it's, it helps the story, but you you demand it within a minute, five minutes for him to be transported over. You blow them up. An hour? What is this with bloody storytelling? It's not accurate. Does well, make sense? First of all, you have to build the suspense. So they do it. They do but it. But she likes nitpicking, doesn't she? And, and but right. But second of all, it's her psyche. She enjoys them having to playing with like her prey. That. Right, exactly. So they, she wants them questions. to be boiling in it for the hour, and and because she's she's, she's supremely confident because she's got you know ninety thousand weapons. What is she what is she worried about? You exactly. know, she's got. I'm I mean, I got you by the hairs. Are you? I'll just play around with you, and then I'll, 
all she, I want. She knows that as well, yeah, because she let yeah. Shaw knows he's outgunned. She knows that Shaw knows that he's outgunned, so they have to play right. it smart. So okay, I think I've asked one question. Never mind, move on. Um, she, her part in Shaw is not part in Shaw, or a present, if you like, is to use this tractor type weapon that she's got to grab onto, and because the strike's so nimble that it does the circling thing. He grabs onto it with the like the the tractor beam, the Helios, and then literally sways and then goes boom and throws it into the path of the Titan. I'm like, shit! I've never seen that before ever in Star Trek, and I yeah, love it. That was I want cool. more. Yes, yes. Now, in fact, even the even people on the ship are commenting like, "Who? What's this? How did she do that?" What the, the look? Like, the look in Shaw's face yeah. was like, "Oh shit! Shields up! Uh, uh, emergency maneuvers!" I'm like, "You're not getting out. Even even the the defiance not getting out of bloody." way in time for that you know so and 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 it does it smashes we see it from the the trailer don't we before it smashes into the top of the, the top part of the hull of the titan the shields do go up in time to seven and nine states but shields are designed more for um uh energy disbursement and absorption right, right? weapons they're not used to things and all that stuff they, they can help with physical stuff kinda but it gets through partially through the shields and it does uh, literally score right through the top of the hill and you'll see that, you see that in the trailer with the scorch marks along the top and that it's literally cut into the top of the hill a bit um, right. so yeah we both love that uh, they're asking about this weapon, Grey notes this we're asking about the weapon Sidney LaForge states, uh, starts explaining the engineering physics that our dad, dad taught her, which I like you know, any yeah. any part of Physics can be turned into a weapon if you want, essentially. Uh, Shaw cuts it. One doesn't cut it off. He, he he dismisses it, which I thought was a bit disrespectful to one of the finest engineers in Starfleet. Well, I don't know if he was really dismissing his fact that she she kept on talking about it. And it was like, okay, okay, I get it. <laughs> so yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know, no. you're right. Fine. But I thought I liked it, though, because that was another nice little little callback, you know, and stuff, which was cute, which is cool. Yeah, you know, like something it. she learned from her father, regardless of the fact that she's at the helm and technically is not an engineer, she still knows stuff. Can't help it. Her father's like one of the best engineers around, exception of Scotty. And uh... <laughs> that's that could be another episode, the best engineers of Starfleet, because we've got the first yeah. officers being lined up as a special. So, any other specials you want to see, please comment below, guys. Um, we're willing to entertain yep. probably most of them. Um, now, Shaw surprisingly gets taken to the brig. Uh, he's talking to no, sorry. Shaw takes Jack to the brig. The Picard and Riker are talking to him in a ready type room, and the officers come in, and Jack's like, "Yeah, pretty much this was going to happen." That's where Shaw tells him he's basically a criminal. He's got all these aliases. Um, he's going to jail, basically space jail and whatnot. And I'm probably going to hand him over to Vadik, um, which is wrong in any kind of context. Um, and and I think in Oakray, they're not in Federation space anymore. So he's kinda whether you agree with it or not, he maybe generally seriously has to think about handing them over for the safety of everyone on, on board. Yeah. I mean, again, the age-old tough question: What do you do? You know. Well, we'll find out. What we do not quite that, but close enough to that. Um, yep. <laughs> the bit, in, remember the bit in the turbo lift. Uh, Card and Riker are talking to each other, and Riker's like, "You're not getting it at all. You're not seeing it, are you?" What I see, just looking at him. Yeah. And McCard's kind of—he does see it, but he's—he's kind of not admitting that. You know that Jack is McCard's right. son. He doesn't want to say for sure. He's just kind of like, eh. he's like, I never Riker's like, to... Riker's funny because he's his friend, and he's sitting there going, "Dude, I mean, come on, I got eyes." <laughs> he's like, "Yeah, I, I, yeah." He didn't. He never wanted kids, really. Well, did he want kids? I think he was he Not really was, I think he never uh, was, you know great with kids. He wasn't great with kids. Yeah. On on the Enterprise D. He he asked Riker in the first episode, the second episode of the, the first the, the two parter, I'm not good around kids, would you keep me in line? In fact it was the second part of the first episode, so yeah. um but yeah, it's it, everyone bloody obvious. Um a car goes down to the brig where Jack is and he interrogates him He's like, who's your father? Basically, it was one of the lines that came away. Who's your daddy? 
Who's your daddy? <laughs> what are you, you should have it said that. It would be great instead. if he had said it just like that. It would have been like, who's your daddy? <laughs> like, what? Uh, to, to which Strack replies, I never had one. I can understand where the man's coming from. Because he probably doesn't know. Yeah, exactly. His mom probably never told him. He does say he does say that he's willing to turn himself over to save his mother, though. Which, you know, is honourable. You want to save your mum. Respect, my man. Respect. Now, okay. as episodes kind of getting close to an end, this is a better bit with Rafi. Um, how are you for time, Gray? Are you okay? Yeah. Yeah, cool. No worries. You'll let me know, I'm sure, mate. Um, mm-hmm. Rafi uh, arranges to get a meeting with uh, a Ferengi called... Sneed. Now he's the broker between who we thought was the guy that blowed up, it blowed, blowed up, loaded up, it blew up the Starfleet <laughs> recruitment center. Um, uh, now there's a Robin called Toluco, right? Which I'm sure that was a character's name from Better Call Saul, which I think Terminalis <laughs> is a Better Call Saul fan. Um, <laughs> she gets this meeting, and and Gray notes here that. The Ferengi is the, the the wickedest, wildest, scarier, more serious-looking Ferengi we've seen so far because they're all yeah. a comedy act, truly. Really. But he looks like he's a he's the real deal. He's a proper businessman. He's a proper scumbag. I like that character. Yeah, it's yeah. not beyond the realm of thinking that some Ferengis are like that. It's just that we never really saw that, so it was kind of different for us to see somebody like that. I'm like, wow, this guy's like he, he's not fooling around. He's not holding any punches as well. Um, she, he doesn't believe that Rafi worked for this Toluco, right? Because she's trying to call his bluff. But he's trying to call her bluff. So he's like, listen, take some of these right. drugs and prove it. Because when you're under the influence of the drugs, I think you're more likely to tell the truth kind of thing. And she does. That's the thing we see in the scene where she's this spray thing goes into her eye. In her eyes, yeah. And, and, he, and they call it Shredder, which is a... I don't know if Terry Metalis is a Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles fan, but I just love that little callback because it kind of rips you apart and brings you back together in terms of the feeling. And she still stays staunch. She still is, yeah, I am working, you know, with Toluco. Uh, I'm not working with Starfleet. She always like, well done, Rafi. But she's, he's, he's saying, Sneed, like, I'm impressed you're holding up so well because it's it's difficult to hold up under that. Um and I think, although it's not said, I think she is Section 31, or at least I think, I don't know, Gray. Maybe uh, not Section well, 31, Sneed, but just Starfleet Intelligence in general, maybe not the right. higher level. Sneed, Sneed does mention Section 31. He does. He did say it. Oh, yeah. Yes. So maybe she is. He was smelling, he goes, he goes I, I smell Starfleet. And he goes, Section Federation. 31? <laughs> he goes, yeah, Section 31. Um, and, you know, she's like, oh. Now, it turns out Sneed's actually the real brains in operation. Sorry for a quick pause in the middle there. Gray just had to quickly nip and do something really important. As I was saying before, Gray. Um... Yeah, we were talking about Toluca well, in the section 31. I was ch- checking. I did actually resume recording. And I did. See, this is, this is uncut. This is raw. This is after dark. You know, We don't like editing. Very raw. That, that and I'm very lazy. <laughs> um, very raw, exactly, yeah. Uh, as I was saying before, Sneed turns out he's the brains of operation, Gray. Um mm-hmm. He knows she's talking bullshit because she's literally got he's literally got Tuluko's head in a bloody box behind him. I'm thinking, yeah, well, I, 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 I wasn't expecting yeah, I, I was expect that one. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm maybe I'm maybe taking the Ferengi slightly more seriously now, especially this guy. Either the thing way. I liked about it too, though, is if you, it's a classic kind of move that they've done similarly in past, you know, again, gangster kind of movies or whatever. Yes, you've seen it before, but but you weren't, but it was definitely not expected. Oh hell, you know, right. and, all, and all of a sudden he goes, "Well, I know you're not working for Taluk because here's Taluk," and he holds the head <laughs> up. Oh wait, should have, she should have started sobbing or something. Wait, I can't believe you killed my boss. What did you do that for? Like, you know, no. Um, no, would have been would have been more funny though, or, or, or is if the head started to talk. Now that'd have been cool. <laughs> oh, Jesus no, Christ, mate! <laughs> Animatronics or something, yeah. Um, go, I guess I'm dead. <laughs> he should have done that. Actually, should have grabbed the mouth and just went, "Yes, hello." Yeah, yeah, that'd have been more nothing? sadistic, right? Just like, <laughs> uh, but let's not make it too oh, dark. God, are we bad? Like your doom, your doom, your doom cock guy was pretty dark. He, <laughs> he he was talking about it being very dark. We don't want it to go down that dark. That's too much. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So literally, as the shit's about to hit the fan, like Rafi just literally stabs his hand, needs hand to basically go screw you, man. Uh, and it's about to kick off. Everyone's about to phase a Rafi, and then all you see is the middle goon behind her gets a bat left. I didn't know right down the notes yeah, I because I, I don't know how to bat left, and I'm not going to try and find out. Bat left right through the chest, uh, and it was green blood. Oh, um, green blood. Right there, you go. Uh, and then uh, oh, straight away, we all knew it was bloody Worf. Now it is Worf, yeah. obviously. He kills everyone, destroys them, and then. One last white grave from the back left to take off Sneed's head clean. I was like, yeah, clean off, right? I was like, it's good. Is <laughs> is Metallus Prime in Federation space because he he can can he do that? that no, I th- I don't think it's in, in space. I don't think but it is. remember, we're giving. I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. But basically, we you know you eventually see Rafi hits the floor and she's kind of like you know the, from the drugs and stuff, and then you see. A, a kind of a fuzzy picture of of Worf, and then of course as the scene, you know, plays out, you see Worf carrying Raffi over his shoulder. Yeah, I'll let you, you do get, this get, bit. You like this bit, so do I. But I'll let you have right. a pleasure. And then he and then he says, "I told you not to engage." So now you know that earlier, when she kept on talking to the computer, to her handler, right? Because they're in a they're in a, a underground or secret operations Mm. um we don't know who the handler is and with that one line again lines are important that one line that Worf says was bong he's the handler he was the she he was the one in the the intelligence that she was talking to so now we know yep that Worf has been working for secret intelligence or or possibly section 31 for i don't know how long did you think he was the handler before i did yeah I did. I did. I did. I don't know why. I was just like, where's he going to come into this? How? I just thought it was him. And do you want another reason? Because you remember seeing him. He was on that same planet in the trailers. That's why I knew as well, Gray, you know, putting two yeah, together. That's, that's true. I, yeah, I didn't look into that one. So I, in a way, though, I'm kind of glad I didn't know because it surprised me. So it was, that was worth it. Mm. You know, one, one thing Gray didn't mention, and I was trying to give him the pleasure of this moment, but he didn't take it, was oh, uh, yeah. soon as it soon as it pans... He's carrying her, Rafi, and it starts in Rafi's head, and then it moves right across the camera to him, and then the bloody classic clanging music from the original movies comes oh, on. Oh, yeah, da, of course. Da, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Da, 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 and I was just like, yes, and he's like, I told you not to engage. I was like, yeah, my boy's back, yes. You must have been cheesing at that part, Gray. Like, oh, I love it. I mean, I, I, again, I always, you know, because I'm a TOS guy from the beginning, the music was the original series from Star Trek The Motion Picture, Jerry Goldsmith, and that piece of Klingon music is the best ever created Klingon music, yeah. hands down, drop the mic. That's it. And ever since he created that piece, many of the movies and other things when Klingon tried to fall will always call to that and play a little bit of it. Always. Yeah. It's so identifiable that if I but if, that to Trek fans, if you were weren't looking at something and you had headsets on and you heard it come on, you go Klingon. Gray and I were talking before about uh, in fact, remember Gray and Star Trek Prodigy where we're like, there's little musical notes to Voyager and stuff, but we want to hear some yeah. at least a few seconds of the actual proper theme without you bloody yep. chopping and changing it so much. We're getting right. that now. He is, yeah. It's not 110% the pure original part, which is fine. It's more or less the full thing from the original. He's just tweaked it slightly to work in that yeah. scene. And it was brilliant. Um, and there's lots, there's lots of things like that. You if you go yep. back and watch the episode a second time, yep. you start That's picking up little bits and pieces of music from the motion picture, Rathacon, even a little bit of Search for uh, for Spock, and you're yep. hearing these little here's and little there's, and little there, and little here, and it, it's like, yeah, okay, it's all there. Yeah, yeah, Definitely I like all there. I love the little touch. Grace, right, you, Terry is basically. I was going to say something. I'm not, I'm not going to say what I was going to thinking because it would be an inappropriate podcast. But he, he's teasing us in certain locations, and he's doing it very mm. well as as uh, Trekkies, um, giving mm. his little crumbs all the way through that are just feeding their excitement. Um, now, yep. I like this part. Jack back in the bridge, uh, the brig. Sorry, he is. Uh, he's basically speaking to the the security officer. And he's demanding to know uh, what the field, the force field strength is. Apparently, he was quoting regulations. Didn't know that was a regulation, but the officer looks at him like it's force ten, like the highest. You know, it's it's 
why, why are you asking kind of thing? You know, you're a peasant behind the force yeah. fields. You're going to do nothing. And he's got a little device jack there. And he's like, ah, uh, just so I can do this. Boom, boom, turns, turns it to actually dial 10. And then <laughs> the, ship, the force field comes down for a second. He then gives the Starfleet officer, uh, we would call it in Scotland, a Glasgow kiss. Um, it's a Glasgow kiss. It's a Glasgow kiss. When you go headbutt someone, that's a Glasgow kiss. And he absolutely yeah. smacks him, decks him, and the force field goes back up. So it's it's great. It's just like a like a temporary disruption to the force. See what I done there, field. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And uh, it goes back up again. Security officers on the deck. Um, now, Gray, your point here is very very valid. What was it you didn't like? And I actually agree with you. I didn't pick this up. Yeah, this is this is probably the weakest part of the story in the whole episode, which got me nuts. I'm sitting there going like, so before you put somebody in the brig, you, A, you scan him thoroughly. Yeah. B, you pat him down like the old days yeah. to make sure that they don't have anything on them. So this dude is holding a device about this big. And you mean to tell me that the scans don't see it, the pat down didn't see it. Please give me a break. That was really weak. And then secondarily weak, because you reminded me of this, was that this guy is like a thin looking Nobody with not really many muscles, but of course he takes on the beefy guy and headbutts him and knocks him out. I don't get, I don't go with that. No, I do buy that part. The the first part I I don't buy like you. The second part of him giving him a a, a Glasgow kiss is yes, because doesn't matter about your strength. If you can put enough force in a headbutt to someone else's head, mate, you can knock him out. So I do buy that part. But the first part, yeah, I'm with Gray with this one. I'm sorry. And how could he fix that? One line of dialogue a few scenes later. Oh, how did he get out? Oh, he's got this Oh, this little device that's kind of uh, experimental tech that nothing could pick it up. It's a bit yeah, but of to a be honest, easy way out, to but be it works. With you, but to be honest with you, there's no way you can get out of that one. Once they did it, it was already a, a, a sin committed. You can't go back on that one. You just can't. You, you can't you explain think, it away. You don't think that one they line had would to, fix it? No, because, it's, because then it was, it was shown that they were covering up a bad mistake. They should have come up with something totally different and original, something, but oh, yeah. not that. Yeah. That that was just way, way too easy. It's just like, you know, oh, yeah, hey, boom, and I'm out. And I'm like, what? Yeah. No, well, fair enough, man. Fair enough. It's, it's, not, it's not a bad opinion to have. Um, it's getting close to the... Hey, if that was, if, but if that was the worst part of the whole episode, no problem, because the rest of it was great. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That probably was the worst part of the episode, actually, just because it was a bit of, yeah. of a lapse the, of storytelling. Um, now, uh, the, the, the countdown clock to an hour is, is, is almost up, um, and Riker basically disappears. You see him literally ask about Beverly's condition in sick bay. It turns out she's stable now. And he literally is like, good. Picks up a medical syringe in the side. The nurse is like, oh, what are you doing, man? She's got to be like sleeping here, you know, relaxing, having, you know, bloody cocktails for the next fortnight. Like, leave her be, man. <laughs> and he just wakes her up and that's all you see. They then, um, they're on the bridge as the countdowns. He's about to literally unlock the transporters. This is Captain Shaw because at this point Jack Crusher is in the transport bay with a phaser to the transport officer let me out I want to beam across there he's having none of it red alert you know well not red alert security alert seven and nine's kind of waltzing in and how quickly she, she carries herself so well as a Starfleet officer yeah. Grace. she was designed for it straight away man at reflexes she's in her 50s Jerry right reflex phaser up like that instantly to Jack's head standoff um and it does turn out he did want to beam himself across. It was very obvious and apparent there. Uh, Shaw's about to literally say, let him go across, unlock the transporters. But then, and I love this, but it just melted my heart a little bit grey. Beverly walks onto the bridge and she's looking all down. I know that sounds harsh against Kate McFadden, but she's, ah, yeah. He comes on, looking a lot older than she did back in the day uh, with... Riker taking her on, chaperone to the bridge, and she's got a tear in her eye, and she kind of looks sad, but she looks down for a moment, and she looks up at Picard, Picard looks at her, and just that look, he knew straight away. Yeah, he knew. That, right. that, that's, yeah. that is my son, 
and he literally says that I love this bit. This is this is Ad Marissa Picard jumping back into Picard moment, and he goes delay those orders, lock it down, lock everything down, uh, and do not unlock the transporters. To what Shaw says, Shaw says you're going to get us all killed. You know, like you, you know what you're doing. Uh, he's basically saying, Picard, it's Admiral's orders. Um, now, he then admits, yep, he's my son, so it's not going to happen. Now, Gray and I have got a, a point on this. And I, th- I think we know the answer to it, Gray. Like we said before, and it's mm. been mentioned in the first episode, when Shaw, Shaw says as himself, you are retired, which means you do not carry any legal weight uh, for orders in Starfleet anymore. However, Gray brings us up, and I think it's a very good point. That's technically true, Gray, yes. So Shaw could go, no, screw that, I'm in charge, counter, counter those orders. But everyone, as soon as he says, stop, drop what you're doing, lock everything down, everyone does it with just a second thought, without a second thought even, because it is still Admiral Picard's retired or not, Gray. Right. There's, he, he's an Admiral number one. Number two, there's no doubt about it, just like Kirk and other ones you know, before and after. He is a legend, period, hands down. And so when an admiral all of a sudden yells, he didn't just say, oh, you know, belay those orders. He yelled it out with authority, with authority in his voice. And so that, and he's an admiral, and he is a legend, all kind of combined to, like, the crew just went, oh, shit, okay, we better, sure. we better listen to him. And Shaw didn't and even argue. At that point, Shaw, no, and even Shaw backed down. He's still backed down, you know, begrudgingly or gracefully, if you want to call it that, but he did... He did back down. Yeah, yeah. At least for a minute. And this is what touches on my point from before, Gray, when I said um, Shaw is and probably will remain a dick. However, he eased off a little bit. He was doing the right thing for the right reasons, or the wrong thing for the right reasons, and he's softened up a little bit by going, you'll get us all killed, sitting in the captain's chair, with even almost a little wry smile. Um, He's basically going to let the big boys... The real boys take charge now. Essentially, I was hoping he would die soon, but maybe not. <laughs> so now no, no, I don't want him to because I'm starting yeah, to like yeah, him now. Yeah, true. If he if he plays ball, great. Uh, these guys you're forgetting, Riker and Picard know how to have their cake and eat it, which not many people know how to do, right? So let them do. Thing of saving. I, the I have another. I have another theory, and you you tell me what you think of this. Right. I have a funny. I could be totally wrong. I have a funny feeling that Shaw is actually now secretly liking this. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, because yeah. Remember, yeah. Because Shaw, remember, has never been involved in something quite like this. He oh, yeah. admitted to that. He always plays with a book. And, and I'm wondering right deep down if he's kind of like, you know what? This is this is messed up, and but it's kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and another thing to add to that point, Gray, I wouldn't be surprised if he admits at some point throughout the season, maybe towards the end, I see why you boys like this or you do what you do or respect or something yeah. along those lines, you know? So, um, yeah. But I'm yes. never doing it again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'm never doing it again, exactly. Now, as, as I mentioned here, as we're almost uh, wrapping up the episode, Shaw is now sort of kind of playing ball gray, right? He's, he's, still, he's, yeah. still, he's still Captain Dick, right? That's what, we're call, that's what I'm calling yeah. him. But he's, uh, he's playing along a little bit more and we both say we like him a little bit more now, uh, Shaw. Now, Baddick in the background has just come onto the view screen here and she's looking for um, their answer. Which point, this is brilliant, this is the hair's the back of the neck. Ricard just turns around for a moment and just goes, I wish they'd said, yeah, my answer is, but he just goes, engage properly, authoritarily, yeah. boom, engage, as the Titan then fires a volley of torpedoes right at the strike. I don't know why he even bother bloody doing that. It never even made a dent, but it does it. Distraction. A distraction. I mean, is it a distraction? I mean, maybe it's blinding something. I don't know. But it does fire a volley of torpedoes at the Shrike as the Titan then makes a bolt for it into uh, the nebula. And I note here, why is it always a bloody nebula? And worse than it. Always a nebula, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you saw what I wrote there. I, I, I wrote yeah. down it's an old trick. Uh, and this is the second weak point, I think, in the script. Not super weak, but weak in the in the fashion that it's a trick that's been used too many too many times now. 
And they really should have maybe gave it a little more thought and come up with something a wee bit different. You know, yeah. but it's just like you, you saw it coming. There's no way you didn't see it coming. They're standing right next to the nebula. They're going like, oh, I wonder if it's going to go on the nebula. Uh, Why didn't they warp away? Presumably they can't that close to... That's what I thought they were going to do. I thought they were just going to warp away and it would be a chase scene, which I thought what it bought probably would have worked better. Sure. Uh, but again, you know, I get it. I'm not saying that going into the nebula is a bad idea in, in light of what was going on and the fact that the ship's more overpowered than you are. Yeah. But it, we've already seen it, man. Just think of something else. Well, it did... The Titan did warp initially when it, it warped into... The, the 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 tractor beam of the strike when it was on the sure. Eos. It warped right into it. Yeah, it's that. not that it can't warp. So it can. It can. I guess I guess apparently they thought that if they went to it warp escape. the strike would the strike would overcome it in any way. Well I don't Okay, see, fine. I don't see how great because remember the first episode car goes to seven like I presume you go oh, to nine point yeah, You don't you don't get faster than that in the warp scale, so right. the strike can't overtake it unless it's got bloody transwarp or slipstream or whatever the effect it's. Well, called. it would it, it would it would depend on when it went into warp. It would match its speed. It would match its speed and right. still smash it and from behind. Exactly. So, but I still would have rather seen a chase scene where they might have been had a few ex, few extra seconds or or a minute to come up with something different than just diving into the nebula. And again, I'm not saying it's not a bad idea to dive into the nebula. I'm just saying that, come on. I mean, you know, you want to uh, come up with something new here. Don't qu quit going with the nebula all the time. I think that'll be next week's episode, Gray. I've got a funny feeling because we do see in the trailer it getting chased at warp and not at warp. So, yeah, there's going to be a lot more right. between this. Uh, more. Well, next week, I'm, I'm assuming, although we don't know yet, but next It'll episode is going to be... It'll be Wrath of Khan kind of stuff where they're in the nebula. Yeah, I know and it's coming. And you'll see the you'll see the Titan run away a lot because again, they're all not stupid, especially Shaw. They know they can't compete with this thing. They have to get away as quickly as possible. Um otherwise they'll yeah. space dust. Uh, but they do know that Jack Crusher is really wanted, so they'll probably they know that the ship can't get destroyed. It can get badly hurt, but it won't get destroyed. That gives me faith that the Titan will survive the season. Right. Um now, as the, thing, the thing I'm trying to figure out, though, and we don't know yet because we haven't seen enough of the episodes yet. But I mean, I understand that Jack is a criminal, but but we've always we've always said that there's more to it than that. Because why why are they going through so much trouble to want to keep him alive? I mean, at some point, if you if you really think that he's such a bad criminal and he did all these things, you know, against you, I'm gonna blow the crap out of him. I'm not going to sit there. And edit. No, there's going to come a point where I'm, gonna, a bounty I'm for not going to take it. There's a bounty for him. They want to capture him no, to I, get a lot I, of money. No, I get it. I get it. But but what I'm saying Ooh. is is that, okay, so the bounty's nice, but at a certain point, there's other bounties out there. Okay? And and you're, and you're going to get pissed off at some point. Just say, I'm blowing them up. They're bounty That's hunters, it. man. It's kind of their shtick. I think Seven says is one bounty hunter Maybe. to another. I know how they work, you know. Uh, but no, you're not wrong either. Um as they disappear, the Titan into the uh, the nebula, Baddock is 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 absolutely cheesing at this. She's loving it. She's kind of almost giddy with joy. She's yeah. like, "I was hoping they would do this. Yes, I get a chase she's, and I get she's a few truly, people. she's truly wicked and out of her freaking mind. So yeah, that that work that works. Uh, yeah, grey notes here. She's a wicked sob. Yes, she is. Um, she tells a crewman to follow them, and again we hear that strike noise of like the big. Trumpet type noise that would put stairs in the back of my neck as the as it turns round and it's very maneuverable. This ship for its size actually surprising. Um, but the thing that, that I put at the very end here, Greg, and I've done it for a reason. We talked about how, and this is down to I don't think Patrick Stewart, but more the writing. The first mm -hmm. two seasons, Picard looked and seemed like an old, frail, stupid man, which was yeah. while he's older and a bit frail in real life uh we were disappointed by that but see this season yeah. he is more like his old self from tng and the tng movies he's well, got more authority about him he's more sure of himself what do you think I, I think what it is and and i have to give credit to the to the writing and to uh to patrick stewart is the fact that yes there is no doubt when you watch season three that patrick stewart's getting older and picard is getting older so they didn't how can I say this? They didn't want to make it sound like he was young. So they wrote it in such a way that he could be an older guy that might not be quite as quick as he used to be. But when when shit hits the fan, like they say, 
he can yeah. call up the the extra energy he needs at that yeah. time, like the like the scene on the bridge. Yeah, and that's perfect. So okay, he could be a little slower. He is, you know, that's fine. He's older, but when you interject the proper scenes at the proper times at the proper moments, all that blends in and makes total sense. There yes. is one. There is one line I was going to bring it up earlier that did mm-hmm. also geode me. Uh, there was one point where uh, uh, Vatic first saw Jean-Luc Picard and knew who he was. And she gives the line, Jean-Luc Picard in, in his synthetic flesh. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I'm, I'm, go, I'm sitting there going like, Terry, I know you have to do, you he has feel to do you that. have to do. I don't know why. Some callbacks to season one and two. But why do you have to keep pushing that point, dude? I, I have totally... Block my memory that he is an android. I don't want to believe it. I don't believe it because it was one of the stupidest things he ever did. Everybody in fandom agrees how stupid it was. I'll tell you why. And pretty much everybody in fandom is taking the same attitude as I- we take, and we just pretend that never happened. I'll tell you why. And they Greg. have to bring it up again. And I'm like, oh. You're right. Unfortunately, they do have to mention it. And it's. I think it's for... No, they don't. Off. That's the whole thing. I don't See, care what anybody says. Great, no. great. Hear me out, hear me out. Season one and two were shit. We didn't like them. We know this, right? And we try to forget them as much as possible. However, I think in this scene, it had to be put in because uh, someone could tune in to watch season three because they see it's a reunion of TNG and not know what what he is or what happened. I think that's the main right. reason. Do you know? Do you know? I, you know? I, no, I'm, I'm not saying I disagree with you. I'm just saying just not happy I don't care. This is one of the times where I, I don't give a crap what they what everybody thinks. It shouldn't be noted. It shouldn't be talked about. Acknowledge that it was a mistake and don't bring it up. And yet they had to bring it up. And I'm like, damn, why'd you do that? You're shattering my bubble every time because I don't want to know this. Probably and it, and it shows point. because I, I, I was watching one or two other reviews by some other people. And they were saying the same thing. That they're all, they're, in fact, they're making fun of it going like, eh, he's a robot, so he, he shouldn't be having these problems. You know what I'm like? Uh, <laughs> I wonder what I was mean, going, I, I wonder what's going to happen when Beverly finds out that he's a robot now. I'm assuming she knows, but like, let's just say she doesn't. Oh, like, don't oh, even no, 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 robot. Now, uh, now you're making me go crazy. <laughs> what does he I need to do? Did he need plug himself into the mains every night? Then Gray, like what? That's it. Yeah, just like just like an electric car. Hold oh, on where, a minute. And where's his card? Where's his card, man? That's what I want to know. <laughs> I mean, it, because it brings up a whole series of problems. Because first of all, he never should have done it. Period. That's the biggest problem. But then they're gonna. But then they go. Well, we put you in a body that's gonna age and creak and be all you know, just like you are a real old man. Really? If you're gonna put him into, if you really truly are gonna put him into a robot body, you have him live for another hundred years, and you get a new actor to play him that looks kind of like him. So you opened up a whole can of worms that doesn't make sense and continues to poison everything whenever it's mentioned. Yep. So yeah, it's kind of uh, like grow. You guys got to grow up. Admit you made a mistake. Don't talk about it anymore. <laughs> I have to agree with you, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, I understand why they done it. I just don't like that they done it, you know. So, uh-huh. um, but yeah, no, like, okay, Picard is signing off. Picard is more like his old usual self, which I love. Uh, more accurate to what he Definitely. should be. Bit older, failure, but still got this and still got that still commands the respect which is the main thing sure i gave this an eight out of ten i actually put nine out of ten and actually changed my mind went down to eight out of ten i saw you change it uh, yeah he was on the notes <laughs> at the time watching me man um and grave what, what did you give this out of ten and why i, I gave eight out of ten as well uh and i only think i the only reason i probably wouldn't have gone a half point or maybe in a full point higher was the, the couple weak spots that we already went over yeah. That that was really that was really the reason. But other than that, I mean, and then I was to be funny. I was just saying two excellent episodes in a row. That's a record for Picard because they couldn't put two good shows together at all last between two seasons. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> um, so it's yeah. not in a row, that's for sure. Yeah, safe. I to mean, say. the nice thing is this, this: this is so well, so well written, and so well uh, with the homages and the callbacks and the proper characters and stuff. The the only thing I, I I don't know if I agree with, but I slightly agree with is some reviewers are saying like, even though they really like the show, don't don't get you know they're saying like, you're introducing everybody from the next gen cast too slowly, so they're so they're going like yeah. by the time you get them by the time you get them all together, it's going to be mid season. They're not all going to be all together for that that long though, Gray. Terry said that 
that they, they take yeah, a while to yeah. catch up and when they all catch up together they don't get a lot of time all together so yeah that is a yeah. that sucks i'm not and i'm not i'm not right i'm not saying that that's a bad thing i'm just saying that i wish i would kind of like to see them all get together a little sooner yeah and so they could so they could run around the the the, the universe in a, in a proper ship and do their thing but and we're going to see some of that it's just that we're going to see it later and then before you know it, the series will be over. It'll be kind of like, darn, man. You know, they were Season four. The next generation <laughs> continues. Um, yeah, no. Yeah, well, we'll great, see. I don't know. Great, great spot on there. Um, we'll, we'll wrap it up there, guys. Uh, we thoroughly enjoyed this episode. Let's just keep a solid eight, nine out of ten going all the way through, and we'll be happy. Um, usual call to arms, please. Um, a little cheeky thumbs up if you like the video, and a subscription is always appreciated. But as always... We do like comments below because we like to see and hear what you guys like and don't like. And if you get any points or stuff we missed out, please comment below. We do specials in Trek, so if there's anything you want us to discuss or cover in Star Trek in a talking head type way, please let us know. And talk, speaking of talking heads, you don't want to see our ugly mugs. We are on any podcast the platform you listen to. You can you can download that uh, as well as instead of this. Yep. Um, and just search for us, the Trek way as usual. We're on Twitter at the Trekway as well. But if you like kind of entertainment and stuff in general, don't remember, don't forget your man Gray here. We we do a show called GGR Gray's Green Room, and again he's on the YouTube's, he's on any podcast platform you listen to, and you can get him on the old Twitters um, at Gray's Green Room. Um, last but not least, if you like a bit of gaming, because that's where we know each other from, um, if you can you can catch uh, our colleague and friend Nick and ourselves over on our Discord. And you can get the link from, tell me that, this is extremepcuk.podbean.com. And he's got a Discord link in there. We've got a nice entertainment section where we talk things, Star Trek, Marvel, DC, entertainment in general, um, all that good stuff. So, yeah, with that, we will call it quits here. Nice to have you back, Gray. Um, until uh, next week, Gray, do your thing. Nothing I can prosper. See you later, guys. Bye-bye.